0: Well, hello, listeners, and welcome to another wonderful episode of Perimenopause Power. G'day, Lisa. Hello, Nat. How are you today? I'm good, and I'm excited because we have got a wonderful guest in uh, Tanzil Ali and uh, our first male to the podcast and and definitely won't be the last because (laughs) as we talk about perimenopause menstrual health menopause is not just a woman's issue it flows into communities into relationships friendships workplaces and you know we need to bring the perspective of men and also bring that awareness to men as well so i'm very excited to have Tangela along today
1: yeah very lucky we are to have you here. And I, I'm actually um I'm really keen to hear what you've got to say because I'm experiencing a bit of brain fog myself these days. So um yes. and memory lapses. Um I'm, I'm I'm I must drive Nat crazy, but I'm often saying that now what, what was that person's name again or where were they from? And yeah, anyway.
0: So I'll introduce Tansil. So Tansil Alley is a four-time Australian memory champion, helping individuals, teams and organizations boost their brain power and learning performance. A memory expert, he's most famously known for memorizing two yellow pages phone books in only 24 days. Wow. And for over 20 years now, Tansil has been the number one go-to authority on mental performance, training the mind. Hello Tansil and welcome.
2: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Two, two, 24 days. That's
1: amazing. Yeah, look, um, I slacked
2: off, so uh, (laughs) I do apologise for those people expecting it faster, but, um, yeah, I only had a month to do it (laughs) in.
0: It is pretty good. And I had the pleasure of listening to you present a workshop at the latest uh, HR Summit in Melbourne, actually. And as soon as you spoke and shared your story, I thought I've got to speak to Tansil and learn a little bit more about who you are and your work. And so, you know, we'd love to hear about you and how you became that leading memory expert.
2: Yeah, appreciate you having me uh, on your podcast because um, these issues are real that you're mentioning earlier as well. And um, it's uh, interesting to see how memory plays a part in this as well. So, um, I mean, we'll, we'll get onto that, obviously, a bit later on. So a bit about me, I guess. I, I started off as a skeptic, so I never believed that one could actually you know, have a better memory because uh, I, I always had a crappy memory. That's what I'd say to people. You know, people would talk, have conversations, and I'd forget straight after. I'd watch something. I'd forget it. Um you know, people want me to do something, tasks and, you know, I wouldn't do them and say, what, well, what did you tell me to do? So, and that was in my early twenties. So, and I thought, well, I just accepted it, you know, and that was it. Um, I didn't even know that people could improve. So when I, um, you know, read about all these memory improvement strategies, I thought, no, that, that's just all fake. You know, I used to watch a lot of late night television back in the day. And uh, there used to be these memory gurus get on stage and remember everyone's name and, you know, trying to sell all their cassette tapes deals was back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I never really believed it. I thought, yeah, these guys just want to make some money. It's it's all, you know, it, it's not right. So a uh, a friend of mine came up to me one day and he said, Look, Tansor, I can remember, you know, 40 random objects back to front, you know, any order. And I thought, what, like those guys on TV? He said, Yeah, and I'm like, Yeah, right, come on. You know, so I had to test him out. And so I gave him, you know, a whole bunch of words and he memorized everything perfectly. Mm-hmm. And I, I looked at him I thought hang on do you, I didn't see you write down anything or were you cheating like what's going on you know I, I couldn't my brain couldn't fathom what was going on and he said no it's it's just memory techniques you know and since then I, I started researching techniques I came across the techniques and, uh, and lo and behold they actually worked <laughs> so because they worked I practiced them and I got more and more interested because I started remembering things you know people's names and you know, uh, things for exams and all that sort of stuff. I thought, wow, this is fascinating. So yeah, 20 years on, <laughs> I've been, you know, just learning more about memory. And just once I found out myself, I started training and coaching people. So yeah, for 20 years, that's what I've been doing now was trying to spread the message of, you know what, this is actually something you can improve and change your whole life. So um, yeah, it's fascinating.
0: Mm, yeah, you're so right. And you know, and that's what appealed to me when I saw you speak at that recent summit, too, is because we do have a lot of conditioning that we are the way that we are, and my mind is the way it is, and that's that fixed mindset, right? But we can actually change our mind, we can train our mind, and we can nurture it to support us and to help us live life as we want to live, right?
2: Absolutely. And uh, again, something I had no idea about, I mean, I wish there was someone telling me, look, you can do this, you know, and uh, until I actually searched for it, you know, people aren't going to find you just, you know, like that, they're going to have to search for it. So that's one thing that I found was, you know, it's that mindset shift of if I want something, I have to go and search for it. I can't just let it sit on my lap. And sometimes it's what you don't know. You don't know either. So I had no idea about memory, let alone, you know, changing whole lives and stuff from it so once I actually got into that pathway then everything opened up in terms of personal development career development you know mindset change and how that sort of rolled into everyday life as well and into my careers so yeah it's really fascinating how it all sort of bloomed out once I learned it
0: so great and and memory and and brain fog, you know, is a is a big issue for women going through perimenopause, least
1: it is. Uh, and I'm you're probably aware of that, but you know, we've got estrogen receptors in our brain, and obviously through perimenopause, it starts that decline of estrogen happening um, into menopause, and that can directly impact women's ability to absorb and process and retain information and you know I put up my hand that I just I don't remember things as well as I did you know five even two years ago sort of thing and um and look they talk about that you know petering out and get to the other side and you know things get a whole lot better but it, it's really distressing and and frustrating when you can't be even just having to do I've talked about this in previous podcasts just doing one thing at a time whereas before you would be able to multitask and you know there's lots of information out there about saying you know how just doing one thing at a time is better anyway, but it's really challenging for women as they do feel like they're losing their mind. So what are your first steps in supporting someone who comes to see you for coaching support around, around this whole Mm. thing?
2: Yeah, it's a really good question. I mean, when someone comes to me again, it's all about understanding the person, Uh, Mm. not, not so much. Yeah. There's symptoms and stuff there, but you know, we've got a duty of care for people that come, it's, it's about, you know, deeply understanding and, you know, people might have similar problems, but every single person is different. So it's just understanding, okay, what's going on in your life? You know, uh, what's your current stress levels? And, you know, not, not just as a result of what's going on, but, you know, just in general as well, just try and understand, you know, how they're leading their lives. And if it's, you know, the most basic stuff that they're forgetting, it's about, okay, well, what sort of techniques can I give them? So they can be, uh, you know, at least in tune with their brain. And sometimes they need, people just need a few techniques and they're off. You know, they don't need to mm. work with me for, you know, months and months on end. It could just be, oh, yeah, I just needed that. That's it. Thank you so much, you know. <laughs> so I've well, seen, That's very powerful yeah. with
1: women because women are always saying how busy they are. So if it's not, I mean, and very attractive because if it's not something where, you know, you, you might think, oh, I've got to spend ages doing this. but you know, if it's just little bits here and there, that's really amazing.
2: Yeah. And we think that, you know, it's something that um, uh, I guess you have to be born with. You know, people yeah. think, oh yeah, you've got to be born with the great memory and and people that that suffer from it, it's like, oh no, i never had a good memory anyway. Or um, the other sort of story is that, well, I used to multitask and I used to have a great memory. And soon after, you know, going through this phase on, oh, no, I can't even do one task at a time. And, you know, people blame themselves, um, unfortunately. And, you know, there's so many things going on in the brain and the body and the hormones, all that, of course, things are going to be affected. Um, but the most important thing is understanding how to use your brain at that particular time. Yes. For example, I mean, I've, you know, memorized phone books, as you said, won memory competitions and you know uh, became an expert in memory in my field but if i'm under stress or any duress um, i'll forget like anyone else right if i don't plan and prepare so the body can go through changes and affect certain things as well so it's about understanding and acknowledging look this is where i'm at at the moment this is what's happening to me now what are the skills that i need to help me along the way so it's, it's something like this that I'm um, trying to help people with. It's not like a miracle cure or, here, take this pill and you'll suddenly be good. No, it's about understanding mm-hmm. what that person is trying to achieve um, and then saying, okay, you'll get there once you do A, B, and C. Or it's going to take you uh, several months because you haven't developed this part of your brain at all. So I do that initial assessment and then help out from there.
1: Mm. So, it's 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 just it's so many life cycles that um you know people could be working with you, Tancil. I'm just I'm even just thinking of my son who's in year eleven. I'm thinking, wow, maybe we should come along. He's got a pretty good memory, mind you. But um, mm. you know, there's always something that you can learn and, and benefit from, isn't there?
2: There is. And, you know, for students, it's not so much about um, you know, memorizing, you know, for your studies. Of course, exams are just memory tests. Yeah. But really the the biggest problem with any student not not just you know year 11s but postgrad students professional students studying for medical exams law exams the bar all this sort of stuff is—you're just flooded with information, yeah. And because you're flooded with information, the more things you have on your mind, nothing gets done mm. as well. So, mm. like you know, a lot of women that are suffering brain fog and all that—it's because they they're thinking of so many things, yeah. And because you have so many things on your mind, and you're trying to do that one small thing, you're going to forget that. So it's not so much that you've got a bad memory; it's because you've got so much information there, yeah. and you don't know what to focus on. So with something like studying it's like okay you've got all this information the number one thing you should be doing is organizing that information and there's tools like um you know memory palace you know for memory techniques there's mind mapping which sorts out information Love it's like idea. it's it's like a computer Right. You don't just chuck all your thousands of files on your desktop. Right. Yeah. You might have quite a few on there, but still you put everything in folders. Right. Now, why is that? Do you remember every single file in your computer? No, but I can guarantee you probably know where they're situated because of the folder it's in. Right. So it's the same thing with information. Uh, when we're studying or have a lots of data, it just comes at us. And we think that, you know, well, we've got it all in place, but we haven't stored it anywhere. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's what the memory techniques and organization skills does is that says, okay, let's give you a strategy to organize this information. Once it's organized, then it's so much easier to understand.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so that, that's what
2: happens. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give you an example. So if I got on the whiteboard, for example, and just drew a whole bunch of dots, Right. And stopped after a couple of minutes. And I said to you how many dots there are. You'd only be guessing. Yeah. Unless you're some sort of a savant or something and gives me the exact number. But it's very, very rare that that could ever happen. But if I did 10 dots across and 10 dots down and filled them all equally, you just have to look at it for a 10 by seconds. 10. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 100. But that's yep. it. Why yep. is that? What's the difference? Well, the information's organized here. Yes. As opposed to not organized. You see yep. what I mean? So I so resonate with yeah. what you're saying.
1: I'm a big one, like, you know, I like to have things, I don't have I have a filing system on my computer where I just file everything into there. Mm. Um, And I find that so much, and for me, memory or information uh, recall is so much more powerful when I've done that and actually filed my information away.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And the big thing is that it's not so much knowledge, that's the power. When it comes to memory, it's um, the execution mm. because you can know all the techniques. You can have the most amazing um, knowledge and read all the books, but unless you know how to use those skills, it's kind of useless. So yeah. a lot of people that come to me, some people actually know these techniques and skills. They, they've you know, read my books and they've read you know other people's books and they've watched the YouTube videos, all that sort of stuff, but they still come to me saying, look, how do I use it for you know, just everyday life. I just want to remember my keys, or I just want to be able to do this. You know, mm. I just want to learn a language. Like, how do I do it? I've learned the techniques, but I don't know how to apply it. So that that's the big skill. If you yeah. know how to apply, if you practice, that's that's the big takeaway from all these memory skills. Mm.
0: And especially today, I mean, there's information overload, isn't there? Everywhere, there's sensory overload as well, and of course, our brains haven't evolved that much over time. That. It's like today, whoa, what is all of this? And we've got so many tabs open in our brain. It is. It's trying to categorise all that information. So really, really great um, points that you share. Have you got any other sort of top tips around boosting memory and mental performance?
2: Yeah, I love what you said just now about we've got too many tabs open in our brain. Um, I'm gonna have to steal that one off you. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> totally so true though. Um, but it, it's it's so true though, because if you have so many tabs, isn't that overwhelming once you look at it? If you just have one tab open, it's just one big page. Um, it you know, the web page actually looks a lot nicer if you've ever had that. It just looks nice and clean and, and you're a bit more focused. The same thing with our brain as well. So one tip on from that, what you said earlier is if you, uh, and, you know, there is big movement or has been for a while now on minimalism, right? So if you cut down a lot of things um, in your life, right, um, things that you don't need to worry about, all, all that sort of stuff, then you're creating greater focus as well because you've got less to worry about. You know, you don't have to have, you know, 50 meetings in a day. (laughs) You can actually stretch, you know, out to the next day and so on. You don't have to reply to that one email straight away. You know, it's like, you know, my wife was telling me, did you reply to that email? It's like, no, you know, I don't have to get to it then and there. You know, I've got, I can do it the following day or something like that. So we need to give ourselves a bit of slack, but we also need to just cut the crap from our lives so that we can create greater focus as well. Mm. Mm,
0: So true. And it's funny because you take me back to, you know, I'm very big, obviously on mindfulness and cultivating that sense of presence. And I can be at the dinner table with my family and, you know, my phone will ring or my phone will buzz. And my husband will be like, oh, your phone's ringing, are you going to get it? I'm like, no, because I'm here. He's like, don't you want to know who it is? I'm like, no, no. I'm, I'm here, I'm present. And I think for us, it's, it's that training, isn't it? That mental training that you have to train yourself to be present, to have one thing as your focus and avoid the distractions. Remove the shoulds. I talk a lot about shoulding all over yourself. Oh, I got this email, so I should reply. Well, no, is it within your boundaries? Is it within your capacity right now? Let's not overload yourself and just do you right now without bringing in all the other noise too.
2: Yeah, that that's absolutely spot on. Uh, you know, I hope people listening and tuning in just just grab gravitate towards that information and and really take it on board. Because if you want a good memory, yes, there's techniques out there, but there's simple things like you know exactly what you said, just being present in the moment. That'll just make you more attentive as well. And I had a client once, and he said he went to an expensive restaurant and bought this really expensive steak and was really chowing it down really really, really quickly. He got halfway and he realized that hang on I paid a lot of money for this steak I'm gonna enjoy no. it yeah you know and that sense of mindfulness came now it wouldn't have come if it was a cheap steak right but because it was expensive that that you know notion came to him now unfortunately that's like our days we, we don't really value you know um, that much so everything's almost ro- robotic you know mm. we're not present so even just taking that time to pause, even just half a second pausing saying, okay, what am, what am I actually doing? Oh, get yourself in that mind frame. That, that's why, you know, people pray before they eat and do all that sort of stuff. It's, it's a moment of, you know, mindfulness, that moment in time where you're just pausing, oh, I'm, I'm actually eating. Wow, okay, this is an amazing thing. Or I'm spending time with my family or I'm doing this. So we need to give ourselves a bit of slack time. I, I always say to people, you know, just spend time doing nothing you know just sit down do nothing and let the thoughts flow in yeah it might be frustrating initially because then you say oh i don't have to do this and that and that and that but once you know how to let go life becomes a lot more interesting so to speak Mm.
0: Mm,
1: that's really i love that analogy it's um it's a good reminder actually and um i i think there'll be a lot of listeners um on the podcast today thinking oh yes yes you're so right what are some of the benefits that you see your clients deriving as a, as a result of supporting um, their memory? And does this flow into other areas of their life and their health?
2: Yeah, well, that, that's the big one uh, because people generally come to me because they have a memory problem or memory related problem. Like, you know, I want to learn better because I'm, I'm not learning uh, you know, as good as I should now. Um, And as soon as people start to get into the training mechanism, because there's two components of memory. One is the practical aspect of, okay, I'm going to learn these skills and apply it. Um, And then the other is training memory. So it's like going to the gym, physical training. So if you train your memory, you're going to start encoding a lot faster. So what encoding means is that whenever you see something quite abstract, you're able to decipher it and make sense of it straight away. So if you're reading something that's complicated, or technical, your brain's going to go, yep, I get it now. Or if you look remember, look at someone's name, trying to remember a name, you go, okay, I've got it now straight away because I've used that encoding process. Now, if you keep training your memory, what also happens is you start to become more creative. You start to solve problems a lot more because now you're thinking in you know, different sort of stratospheres. Even you mm. know. Um, You're using your senses more. You're using storytelling more. And this is all useful for things like communication. Like you become a better communicator, but you also become a better listener because now you're using techniques to try and understand people a lot better. And this is where coaching has helped me because like I said, one of my greatest weaknesses earlier was just listening skills were terrible. (laughs) You know, now that's what I do for a living. And I visualize and I understand. And, you know, it's not just the brain space, it's the heart space because I care now you know so once you combine the heart and brain together you've got something extremely powerful so yeah it's just learning about memory is not just about remembering but it's got so many different uh, benefits to individuals that once you start getting into it then you're like oh i want to do this now i want to do that i want to do that so it becomes really powerful
0: Mm, so good and i always say this every time we have a guest on our podcast that my heart just sings whenever they talk but i think you know like attracts like and of course it's We've, we've naturally attracted you because we have very aligned messages and, and thought processes. So just hearing you talk like that just makes my heart sing. And I wanted to add that other element too around the brain, heart and gut and the fact that our, our gut, which has so many millions of neurons and a point of so many feelings and sensations, you know, they say that our gut brain is almost, uh, almost as powerful as our, our cranial brain. And that's where a lot of those feelings, a lot of those triggers, those stresses, it derives from there. And imagine you're having all three, head, heart and gut in alignment Mm. and just connecting Mm. to you. And that's the message I've really gotten from you is about it's individual. It's about who you are and what you're experiencing and Mm. how you can help that individual, even though you probably see similar situations across everybody same as perimenopause, we always say that no two experiences will be the same. Every woman's experience is unique. But, again, coming back to that self, that individual.
2: Yeah, it's knowing that there's help out there. I think that's the big thing. You you can't just sort of wander around saying, you know, I don't know where to go or, you know, I'm just lost. Um, There's always somewhere. And, you know, what you girls are providing, it's, it's amazing because it's an avenue. For, for people like that to come see you and get some help, you know, and that, that's what we're trying to do as well is let's spread the message out there, help others because it's helped me, you know. Um, so that, that's the only reason why I'm doing it. And mm. once you start seeing success, it's like, oh, you know, that person's changed their life. I, I want to keep doing it because you yeah. get this massive high. Um, the high is greater than any amount of money or any amount of other material things that you'd ever get. Because just seeing someone happy, it's the greatest thing ever. So, you know, I've just been fortunate enough to be doing it for 20 years.
1: Yeah. And, you know, as yeah. you talk in the last few minutes, as you were just talking about, you know, that, um, you know, the happiness that you get from helping someone. I, I know that when Nat and I do a coaching session, you know, we come out and it's like it's filled our cup, isn't it? Like we're so happy. It's, a, yes, of course, we all need to learn and living. But aside from that, the emotional happiness that you get from actually listening and helping that client and seeing them thrive and, you know, change and all that kind of thing, it really, it really does click, doesn't it? It makes you really happy. And um yeah, that's how I feel after a coaching session.
2: Yeah, it's it's yeah. all every you know, session, every moment you have with someone is transformational mm. in a way. Because, you know, it like even if that person spoke to a, a telephone poll. They'd still get so much out of it, and the telephone mm-hmm. pole doesn't talk back. So <laughs> imagine what you get from a coaching session. I mean, it's that's quite it. remarkable, you know. So that's why I say to people, just, just go and seek, you know, whether it's help or advice or whatever it is. There's answers already there. You don't have to reinvent the wheel or yeah. go through some emotional roller coaster. Saying, you know, my life is I don't know what to do. Well, first thing to do is go go and you know reach out because you know people like you are there um you know people like me are there for the, the memory side and so on you know it's not just one of us there's, there's many yeah. and the more people we help out the more they can start to possibly help others or relay the message so um yeah
0: mm. so beautifully said so our podcast is all about power and helping women in particular in perimenopause find and nurture and use their personal power and of course this podcast doesn't discriminate whether you're a woman or a man, we strongly believe in everybody coming into their power and their passion and their purpose. So, and you probably have already um, shared this, Tanzel, but I guess in the words of meaning, what does coming into your own power mean to you?
2: Uh, That's a very good question. Um, I guess it's one that's quite (laughs) open-ended question. And, you know, everyone will answer a bit differently. That I don't think there's any right or wrong uh, per se. But coming to your own power, for me, what that means is understand, looking at your strengths and saying, okay, well, what can I do with this? So, for example, the memory stuff. I mean, I had a terrible memory. Um, When I got a good memory, it's like, okay, what can I do with this now? I'm going to go and help people you know, or, you know, I've got a talent, let's say I, I also play music, I'm going to go and entertain people or something, or I'm going to do some acting. So it's just about identifying what you like doing, maybe it's your strengths, maybe it's a weakness and saying, okay, I'm, I'm going to go and do this. So it could also be a negative thing as well. So you want to, you know, work on, um, and I know a lot of people that do this, including myself, is work on failure. It's like, okay, you're doing tasks and exercises to fail so that you can learn from it as well so and that that gives people power um so it just really i mean it's a difficult one for me to answer but hopefully i've sort of covered you know my area as well yeah
0: no well well said and again it's just it's Utilizing what you've got internally within you, right, and building on that, and having that that growth and that learning lens, exploring, wow, what is actually possible here? What is my potential, and 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 just striving for it. So, love that. Mm. It's beautiful. Mm.
2: Yeah, a lot of people don't know um, what power is, so I guess you know the number one thing will be define. Okay, what well, what is power to you, um, and what does that look like, um, and then sort of move on from there because you know sometimes people think power could be a controlling thing it could be a negative thing um that's again that's getting back into different mindsets and stuff but it's really just a neutral word and it's how people sort of react on top of that as well so um but i love how you brought that into the context of our conversation as well really making something because power is almost like a reaction so how you get to that reaction you, you need some action don't you so it's really quite fascinating
1: yeah. I always think of power for good, not power for destruction, destruction, you know, and that's, I think what a lot of people's minds go through immediately. Um, and that's just through life's processes, I suppose. So,
2: yeah. 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 And, and, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because my thinking before was always negative mm-hmm. and I didn't realize it was destruction, you, you know, and I'd be always, you know, that fixed mindset, I was closed off and, and, you know, I was leading a pretty normal life, but I was always negative And, yeah, it just never did anything for me. And once I got into memory, that all changed. Now, all the mindset, everything changed. I realised that, wow, all the stories I was making, that that was, you know, I wasn't getting anywhere, you know, that I wanted to. And as soon as I changed that, it just opened a whole new world. So, you know, how we speak to ourselves is is absolutely massive.
1: Can I, can I throw a question in here? I'm just curious, um, uh, the difference between... What you do that do you see differences between men and women in, in the way that they work on their memory um, at all? Is there anything that's a stand out not just just because of the way that we're genetically I don't know um, evolved? Is there anything there that you can share with us?
2: Um, yes, yeah, sort of. I mean, because I've been doing it for a while now, I can start to see some patterns and trends in people, and I found that women uh, pick up the memory a lot quicker. Uh, as well um i don't know if it's got to do with emotions because as soon as you start adding emotions as a memory technique it's so much more powerful than just pure visualization whereas men are more direct Mm. so men will uh, do really well in competition because they just get to the the connection straight away Uh, whereas women will probably be more effective at remembering because they can use their emotions and all that. So I'm not saying men can't use it as well, but this no, is no, just the, the yeah. very basics that I've yeah. done. I used to have um, a couple of young old teenagers, I guess, they, were, they, they weren't, um, yeah, they were together. And, you know, they'd come see me for the memory competition and the female one would just get everything on the first go. I was like, oh, wow. You yeah. know, whereas the, the guy was, he was struggling. He had to go through a number of times to really get it. Um, He was a lot faster, but she was a lot more effective. Mm. Um, And then throughout all my training, I've experienced something similar to that as well. So um, it's quite fascinating. Even at the world competition when I went and competed in Malaysia, um, a female was always winning the the poem competition. And, and, you know, poems involve a lot of heart and all that sort of stuff. Whereas, you know, basic numbers and playing cards, things that have no meaning, uh, a lot of the males were winning that. So it was quite fascinating to see, even names and faces where you can add emotions, females do really well. So, um, yeah.
0: (laughs) Mm. I wonder if that's linked to the storytelling too, because we probably, as women, I think really connect to the story. And as you said, that emotion behind a story, behind a poem, I wonder if that's part of it too, whereas I feel men, and I'm generalising here, but there is that sort of very transactional sort of relationship there, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's something there. It's like my wife, um, I, I can't get a straight answer from her. She has to go around in circles and tell me the whole story. And I was like, oh, please. Uh, oh, my husband I, was I'm, listening
1: to this. He'd go, that's you, Lise.
2: I, I, I'm just direct. I was like, oh, just please give me the answer. Come on. I, I'm just, I, I just want the answer. Whereas, you know, I wish I could be such a storyteller like her because, you know, I'd probably win a lot more competitions. Who knows? But <laughs> Yeah. Um, but it's something both can be learned anyway, yeah. but you can learn how to be direct or you can learn how to storytell. Uh, so yeah. that's what I do with people. If they come with one weakness, I show them how to improve the other and so forth. So yeah, yeah men and women portray differently, but you can still learn each component uh really really well yeah
1: mm.
0: that's so funny i have to yeah. share so if i'm talking to my husband you know and then towards the end he's like i got the first bit he goes and then the next bit was just blah 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 <laughs> blah, blah 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 he goes can you tell me a bit more quickly
2: <laughs> yeah yeah, thank you at, honestly, yeah i am working
0: on, on my directiveness i must say that is something i'm working <laughs> so, on I mean,
2: men are just caveman it's like Ugh. Just yeah. point, you know, we don't even have to talk, we just have to go like that. <laughs> yeah. But it,
1: it does make so much sense. I'm just thinking back to my corporate days, like you know, you know, just how how they function differently in, in relation to a meeting. It's so true what you just said. It's just um and it's not good or bad, it's just interesting, just the differences between the gender. And a lot of our work does, you know, it does function around that too, um, in the corporate space. So yeah, really interesting insights.
2: Yeah, and once you understand this more and more, then you start realizing that wow we really do need a good gender balance in certain jobs because you can't always have directness bang 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 without thinking of so many other things or without having that general care Mm. you know that that comes with you know in in females and stuff so you know we need to learn all of that we need to work together in, in more of an equal manner and once that goes away you're missing out on a lot so there's a lot of companies now that understand the power of this and they're really working to, you know, um, yeah, boost this in the organisations as well.
1: Mm, yeah, more so that sort of representation of females at that senior level is so important. And unfortunately, you know, perimenopause and menopause really hits in at the time um, where those women's are really, where women are coming into those positions. And, you know, a lot of work we do is helping uh, corporates actually make that connection about why women would be leaving because women aren't talking about it either. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a whole load of reasons behind that and that's another podcast. But uh, it's very interesting how you bring that up.
2: Yeah, and like I said, all they need to do is talk to people that can, you know, guide them in the right direction and Mm -hmm. that's it. It's not going to take that long and they'll get back to themselves uh, eventually, hopefully, you know, which is what we want. So, um, but, yeah, there's so much, you know, value there that you know men and women could act and you know, help each other out rather than you know being against each other, which is it doesn't make any sense when you no. think about it logically, you know, in a common sense way, which yeah. is not very common.
1: No. No, common sense isn't very common yet. My we heard that on the radio a few weeks ago and my 13 year old looked at me and goes, Oh Mum, that's so true. <laughs> Bang, right on point. <laughs>
0: Well, thank you so much, Tansel. We've loved having you on and very grateful to have your time and, and share your wisdom. It was a wonderful conversation. We'd love to share with where can our listeners, listeners connect with you and learn a little bit more about you?
2: Yeah, thanks Thanks for having me on. It's uh, It's been a pleasure. And, um, yeah, I've got a website, which is just my name, com. So on there I've got, you know, articles on memory Um, I've also got a YouTube channel as well, so they can just search under my name, Tansalali, or memory techniques, and they'll find that stuff. I've written a couple of books as well, um, which is all on my website, and um, I also run monthly um, memory seminars as well, which are called masterclasses, so um, people generally come along, learn some techniques, know how to apply. Can you be at any level for those
1: masterclasses to join?
2: Any level, any level yeah. whatsoever. So I get experienced coaches to people that don't even know anything about memory. And uh, it's essentially to have a community helping each other out. And I'm running the first one actually next week, which is going to be awesome. And I'm uh, just
1: wondering, could we just spell, just do the spelling of your name?
2: Um... Yep, it's T-A-N-S-E-L. And surname is Ali, A-L-I.
1: That's what I thought, but I just thought we'd just clarify yeah. it for our listeners anyway. So all good.
2: Yeah. Some people call me tinsel or tonsil or yell out, <laughs> hey, utensil. You know, so it's a, it's a memory <laughs> technique that I usually teach them here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Fabulous. Thank you so much again. Really appreciate your time.
2: Thanks for having me. Cheers.
0: Thank you so much.